Welcome to Everything Comes Together. My name is Srinag. I'm an architectural photographer based in Chennai, India. My guest today is wildlife filmmaker and photographer Joseph Raja. On Everything Comes Together, I'll be speaking with people in the broader photography, architecture and design communities. Rather than only talking about their work, we will be talking about them. their personal journey the challenges they overcame and the most pivotal incidents in their lives that made them who they are today so now let's get to it while the rest of us work in highly controlled environments a wildlife photographer or filmmaker's world is shrouded in uncertainty joe sheds light on what life is like in a forest what it takes to build a career in wildlife and opens up about working on award winning documentary films how i got interested in wildlife filmmaking is i think it started back in school in my high school uh, i studied in kfi krishnamurthy foundation of india and they are called the school so uh, one of my teachers he started to take over this uh, organization called sstcl student seetal conservation network so that is basically they it's an elaborate process but uh, to sum it up we have during a particular season of the year we have sea turtles come to nest on the chennai beach like all over from marina to tirvanmur and beyond and everything so what they do is they walk on the beach and they uh, collect the eggs of these turtles okay. and they put it in a hatchery safe hatchery and they wait for the hatchlings to come out and they release them back into the sea so this is the summary of the job that they do but it it takes enormous amount of effort and energy and you know dedication to do this because every night almost every night you have to you have to walk on the beach alone sometimes sometimes just two or few three of you so that and i started going on these walks and that's when i realized we even had sea turtles something called sea turtle i didn't even know something like that existed even before that and and that kind of opened my eyes to this natural world that i never really bothered about or like to get to know about you know that i didn't even know that it was all around me and and chennai is the place i was born and brought up and I, i grew up right almost very close to the sea and i never knew something like this was there so that kind of got me very interested in natural history okay and i wanted to know more about it and uh, were your parents in any way involved with uh, wildlife or conservation or photography in general uh, they no they were they were nowhere uh, related to conservation environment wildlife photography nothing so my father is a gandian okay so and my mother is a homemaker so i had no background in wildlife you know natural history we did not have such books at home so sure. you know sure. so yeah. there's 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 nothing that through from my home there's nothing that led me into that path it was simply uh an interest that came much later in my life which i was introduced to i have to say through sstcn and wow. that one thing led to the other and i wanted to do science which by then i had already finished school but i had taken commerce and everything yeah and i wanted to get into research but i couldn't uh uh because i somewhere i just wanted to get into the field as soon as possible So yeah. the next best thing for me was I wanted to do photography and that also interested me a lot because I used to do a bit of art but I never thought of that as a serious career mm-hmm. you know yeah. because we are not we are not guided that way or we are not taught that that thing I mean an art can be a serious career option uh, so I I also never felt that and the next best thing for me to be in the field was photography wildlife photography and i wanted to just be in the forest and at the right time all you know we had the television boom and we had we suddenly got national geographic discovery and all right you know, in our living room and yeah that was very interesting so i started watching 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 and i was like you know i started to imagine being in the forest doing photography and it became a very romantic thing you know yeah. uh 
what i would do there i didn't know but what i wanted to do in the forest i knew i wanted to walk around with a camera in my hand and take pictures and like you know get chased by some animals or like bitten by some insects and come back and tell it is all very yeah uh, romanticized very yeah 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 very young man's dream it was all but yeah as it turns out now the reality is is, is much better than that So yeah I I like where I am right now if you didn't have a, a background in wildlife or in photography in general um how did you actually find your way in what what was your next step after school yeah yeah see the the next step was to learn about photography right you need to know something uh so that you can approach somebody and yeah. say listen I want to do this take me as an assistant yeah. i i can't i mean of course uh, i was Uh, a child back then so i did try without learning anything so i did go and say that you know listen i'm interested in wildlife so take me into the field so i did approach a couple of people back then uh, yeah. and they just looked at me up and down and said you know go do you know study a bit and come so but i didn't know what to study where to go nothing yeah get what i mean and like people around friends and family and like you know other people who knew a bit they all said this is not even a career man this is this is a rich man's profession this is all like you know it's it's, a, it's supposed to be a hobby you can't do it as a, a career option or you yeah. can't do it full time you know so you make money somewhere then you buy your equipment then you go into the field for like the weekend click some pictures come back and then you know uh, yeah put up an exhibition or something then sell it it was yeah. summer it all came back to money it all revolved back to money or either yeah. making money or spending money so and uh, as as it happens that my father never brought me up in a way where he said that you need to make money or you need to do this to make money that to make money so i i think like philosophically growing up i was never inclined towards money so yeah. it never struck me i said like i i think i'm going to give it a try no matter what even yeah. if i don't make money what can go wrong uh and i had age on my side so you know i wanted to take that risk and really see what it's all about if if yeah. people are scaring me i wanted to see that ghost you know what i mean <laughs> i totally understand <laughs> so yeah I, so i did i did go uh and i wanted to study so i actually did viscom and loyola visual communication yeah and yeah, we were at loyola uh that was where we met too it was nice it was it was a nice place to see so many people interested in just probably something to do something to do with art you know be yeah. it copywriting be it photography direction it, it it was most of the people i met were not talking about money for a change you know <laughs> yeah or, because i think most of the people studying they didn't really have a ton of money <laughs> yeah that's true Yeah. So, but yeah, I was I was in hope that you know I would come three years after the course, I'd step out and somebody would give me a camera and go right into the forest. Then, of course, that didn't happen. So yeah. I stepped out in the real world, and then I realized there is so much more to learn. You know, there's yeah. there's just tons and tons to learn, and this was just like probably like half a step in the entire staircase. So. i came out and luckily for the internship i was very i was bent upon doing something to do with wildlife wildlife photography filmmaking something like that yeah so luckily i did find this person called saravana kumar he is okay. a chennai based wildlife filmmaker now okay uh, back then when i joined him as an intern he was doing photography he was already an established wildlife photographer okay you know? and luckily he took me in and i had no idea what what they were doing how they were doing anything like about photography because it was all new to me so there i learned a lot of technical knowledge of photography you know yeah. his assistants were like continuously bombarding me with zone system transparencies developing processing printing this that and everything and there sarovs and his library had so many wildlife based you know related books yeah and photography so it photography books and wildlife books and 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 i wish i could you know i was a 
I was an avid reader. I think I I just went through stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. But the library was new to me. It's the first time I saw a small library that had things that was of interest to me. You know, yeah. uh, so th- things like that. That that was really great uh, working with Sarah. And then once college was over, I said, okay, I need to follow this man for some more time to learn, pick up more skills. You know, so I got back to him. I said, I want to continue working with you. This college is over. Let me just come back. So and then he was also, I think, he was happy guiding me. So he took me, and I think yeah. I worked for another almost two years with him. This was also where you. Um... you picked up a lot about editing uh, a film right a wildlife documentary yeah. so luckily for me though i don't believe in luck it's just that sara started to get into film making when i joined again and yeah. uh, he started doing short documentaries small documentaries you know and he was so getting into film making mm-hmm. and that was really good for me because uh, he needed an editor for the films that he was shooting and directing and i had no idea and 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 i said i want to do wildlife and he said you do editing editing is a great way to learn filmmaking you know yeah. overall filmmaking because you're, you're sitting on the edit table and you know you're seeing what has been done and what can be done you know yes and you learn a filmmaking process if you learn editing if you do it sincerely you know yeah and, and i i took up that advice seriously and i and i learned editing because he 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 had just then got one macbook pro and he had final cut express i still remember the first one no final cut express installed in it and yeah, he yeah. was he was also learning the software along with me because he also wanted to edit mm-hmm. so both of us would learn the software together and i was also editing it for him i would do basic cuts and then he would fine tune it a bit so i was like learning and watching and learning what he was doing at the same time learning and we were exchanging a lot of notes and this and that about the technical part of editing yeah. and a bit a little bit about filmmaking and i would assist him on the shoots that he was so i was learning a lot more on the job and that was that was very good so after the two years i got lot of confidence that i can also do this small films you know and i can as a one man team i can do it and i finish it and i can make some money out of it also so yeah. for the next after i left him for a year or so i was doing freelance work though i wanted to like do wildlife it does, it, it doesn't happen like that right absolutely so i'm doing a lot of these small corporate films some educational films and this and that and unlines going on but somewhere i was i was unhappy i continued to be unhappy because i just somehow wanted to get into the forest but i just knew didn't know how because uh, even sara couldn't take me into the forest because i i there was there was already a lot of people in the field yeah and many people had already many assistants with them and what is this what is the thing that i can take into a team right was what is the extra uh, sir talent that i had that i can go with and i say okay i have this i'm yeah. going to help you do this your film this way and i was in in that position then okay so that is where i think editing really helped me out so i think the two years with sara and then one year alone that really like i just started to work a lot with editing and shooting a little editing more yeah and uh, again luck though i don't believe in it the uh, these people called kripakar and sanani yeah. i got in touch with them so at this point joe i think um, you got a big break that really took your career to the next level yeah in 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 2008 uh these people from mysore uh, they are mysore based wildlife filmmakers senior wildlife filmmakers they called kripakar and sanani uh they were making this uh docu series on indian wild dogs for the animal planet yes i remember ah yes so it, it was a mammoth project okay yeah. and it was on the wild dogs and 
I happened to luckily contact them almost at the right time. And I was planning to go abroad and study because I was getting frustrated staying in Chennai and doing all these small short shoots and everything. I wanted to like upgrade my skill level. So I thought, okay, might as well go and study. Mm-hmm. And I was finding it a bit difficult to go there or like, you know, I was trying to find the best school. Visa was an issue. Of course, you know, the studying abroad, that to filmmaking itself is another challenge financially also, right? Because yeah. you're going to uh, shell out at least 50, 60 lakhs. And yeah. then you're not sure if you're going to get it back on time. So all these things were going on in my head. And luckily, I... I you know, we got in touch and and I told them this is what I'm planning to do. And mm-hmm. they were like, listen, if you know editing, which I did, and they did know I knew editing, uh, they were like, why don't you come over and uh, start putting the film together for us? Because we're still shooting. We have a lot of footage. We want somebody to do this basic cut. So mm-hmm. just start editing, put the film together. And at the end of uh, when when we reach the end, we will get a pro editor, you know, a person who's a pro at wildlife film editing, and ask him to put the film together. He, so it it you know it it just works good for all of us. Yeah. We also know what we're doing, and you also get to do some wildlife bit. And yeah. I was like, oh my god, this is this is such a great opportunity, and I I I was like really thrilled. So I went. Immediately packed my bags and went off, got the hard disk, this, I did my research on the technical part of all this thing because they were shooting in full HD and full HD was such a big thing back then in 2008, nine. Yeah. Now HD is like a joke. <laughs> so, But yeah, so you know, uh, did all that and, and I started working. It took me almost some six, seven months, eight months almost to put the whole film together. Yeah, and uh, when it was done, we did a five. Part, it was a five-part series, half an hour each, yeah. and I realized how so complicated a wildlife documentary filmmaking is. Yeah, it is. It just drains you out, but it. it but it's so rewarding. It's so. It. it such a feel-good uh, profession, at least for me. That. There's still so much energy left in me after the project. Yeah. And suddenly, like towards the end, I realized what what happened was there was no pro editor who came in, you know, to finish the project. And I was quite surprised. So Senani one day he took me for dinner and then he said, Do you remember I told you this? And and do you realize there's no editor coming, right? And I was like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, was, I was really young. He was like, so you realize you're the editor, so you, you have finished the film for me. I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> you know, but I was more bubbly back then. That couldn't be a bigger break, right? Yeah, I mean, and I didn't even realize I was doing that. And I didn't realize I was getting educated. I didn't realize I was on the job. I didn't realize it it it, it was rewarding, you know? So... And speaking of reward, um, and speaking of reward, uh, didn't this film win a few awards as well? Yes, yes, yes. It, it won. It won the Green Oscars. It's called the the Panda Awards. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's one of the highest highest awards in for wildlife filmmaking, and it did win for uh, animal behavior things like Senani's. Uh, all his he's put in like some thirty years of his life behind wild dogs. Mm-hmm. studying them doing all that so that was a great great uh, project that I started off with that so I was like very thrilled yeah and and nothing like learning on the job and if you have mentors like them who are willing to teach you stuff and not like you know withhold things or you know um, trick you into doing something or like I don't know if you are already. I I just feel that they're already like at at a level where it's so difficult for anybody to reach that they don't feel threatened by anybody. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's 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 wonderful if you get somebody like that who who doesn't look at you as a threat or 
as a competition then then learning is just so much fun because they're just willing to teach and if you are willing to learn nothing like it you just learn 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 and 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 it doesn't become a job or a work or you know or like yeah. it doesn't get boring tiring just have a lot of energy at the end of the day yeah and um, th- i assume since you were working with them um they would have had you know good equipment to work with and you would have learned how to use the the proper equipment to do the job as you said at that time full hd was the standard and you were working at that standard yeah international standard there is a basic standard internationally that you have to meet no matter what you can have uh, you know a handicam or whatever that you think you can do better but there are these technical standards that you have to meet if you want to do international films yeah. so yeah for 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 luckily for me i'm again i just don't believe in luck but i'm just using that word a lot but yeah uh, i'm not a very technical person at all um, i don't like gadgets i don't like uh, you know getting all the new tech and like you know experimenting with that not i'm not not saying that i'm not open to experimenting it's yeah. just that i'm i'm not driven by gadgets rather i'm i'm the person i'm a person who gets driven by the story or or you know more than more than anything the story drives me yeah. and if the story really requires that then yeah i might look into that gadget so even senani and kripa they both we match that way because senani and kripa are also strong believers in the same philosophy in fact i i got stronger in that philosophy because of them uh, you know anybody can handle a camera but you know to tell a story you need to be really really creative in other ways so once you are good at that then these are a set of skills that you can pick up i'm not i'm not uh, uh, demeaning them or like uh, you know keeping them low but i just feel that they they are not beyond your reach if you are really if you really put your mind to it then you can get technically really strong in no time but i think storytelling is something that you just have to break your back over this it, it's very difficult and you either you sometimes it just you just feel you either have it or you don't yeah. it can be depressing sometimes but but you know it just takes a lot of your time to get very good at storytelling yeah you can be a really bad storyteller verbally but you can be an amazing writer whatever works but story you just have to have a really strong story so that way me and sanani and kripa really like you know we gelled a lot yes because we didn't believe that so even even uh, i learned i'm like i learned everything that sanani and kripa however they they did wildlife filming in the forest i went along in the same i took the same path yeah and it was very i i feel it's a very great path because there are few things for you for your mind to get disturbed with you know you have one camera you have one lens you have one tripod you have one microphone which uh, you know yeah. th- th- these four things can't disturb you. you 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 see something you you only think about how to shoot that you don't think about okay do i use this lens or that lens or do do i go here or there and everything you know what i mean will my microphone pick it up do i need a gimbal to the, the wildlife is over by then so the shot that that will require you to have different lenses wide and this and that gimbal or like i don't know all these other things drone and stuff like that they're all like you can shoot in controlled conditions if you're going to try and shoot a I, uh, you know hunt with a drone you're going to screw up the hunt absolutely you know what i mean either you're going to disturb the animal or you're going to not get the shot especially in indian wild you know indian forest conditions very difficult to uh, go along with too many too much of equipment this is this is out of my experience yeah And, so you know that that's right i mean um, it's it's good that you have already now started talking about the experience of shooting in the forest um now the common thing that everyone thinks of when you say that you're shooting wildlife in a forest is isn't your own life at risk 
and uh, we were talking the other day and you said that it doesn't necessarily need to be the case yeah see like i told you when i was back in in school and i started to imagine being in the forest and doing photography i think yeah that time i was thinking the same you know like one elephant will come chasing me and i'll run and hide somewhere or like you know evade all these dangers and yeah. be adventurous you know, like same <laughs> funny like many of my relative uh, relatives think i'm doing something like man versus wild or something <laughs> no <laughs> so no it, it 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 is nothing like that it it it's the minute you learn about the forest the minute you learn about the animals and the the language of the forest you understand the uh, an ecosystem you understand signs you understand bird calls or like you know everything about the forest yeah you're not going to get yourself in danger you know yeah. or in case you do you are going to think or you're going to be able to get out of it yeah in in, in a much more calmer way not like running around this and that it it's you're not going to get in yeah you know, stupid trouble yeah i don't and know if i'm putting you also need to know where uh, because of your knowledge in the fo- of the forest itself um you're also going to know where you need to be in order to get the shot you want later on right yeah i i really like one thing that sanani says sanani says uh, when when many people ask him how do you shoot uh, the hunt how do you shoot wild dogs hunting you got so many of them uh, so sanani says you just have to start predicting an accident <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he says it's not impossible either because he he says that he's been behind them for for so long that he knows them individually and then he knows how this individual behave in one situation and yeah. you know so the level of expertise that you have to reach yeah when you do that you can really predict an accident an accident for me will not be for an accident for sanani you know for him will be very logical i'll be like how the hell did that happen and yeah. he will be like oh because this is this is this this dog did this and the cheetah was there and the wind was in this direction and the calls came from there so wow. it had to happen yeah so yeah. for me it will look like an accident for you it will look like max for him it will be extremely logical sounds almost like a um forensic analysis exactly only before it happens <laughs> <laughs> so um could you just um could you just talk a little bit about um what's the process you need to go through um even before you start a shoot first you need to see if it's viable uh, if you can even do the uh, film okay you know? uh like the films i like we did wolf after the pack uh, i worked with kripak and sanani on the wolf yeah, uh, yeah. In, in the deccan plateau in in the um, raichur district okay you know south karnataka so there the 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 condition the climate everything is very different it's very different to bandipur bandipur is dry desert is forest that is open grassland you know dry arid semi arid grassland it is and which is all like human habitat now yeah so it's very difficult to find a patch of land that's not you know part of agricultural land or like yeah. something that it it it's just not untouched you know everything is you can see something or the other day uh, yeah. be it electric poles or like some mobile towers or something <laughs> that will be there all the all 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 the place yeah and there wolves were you know yeah. uh, a bit of wildlife is still hanging on yeah. so we needed so we did a lot of research so if if you're doing film uh, wildlife filmmaking like what i have also chosen to do 
that yeah. means you do a lot of research by yourself before shooting so you do research heavy research see how feasible it is yeah then you you come up with a rough story right yeah. that this is what my film i'm going to focus on yeah so you will get a rough storyline but what you what you get on your shoot nobody knows even you don't know but you yeah. if you do your research well then you can probably guess okay i might be able to get these 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 things so and you have to have a lot of plan b plan c plan d saying that if you get this then we'll do this if you get that then we have to change the story a little this way that way once let's say let's say you've uh, already planned out um, you've already researched what you need to research about the animals about the forest um how do you actually go about doing the shoot do you stay at in the forest do you stay nearby um what sort of permissions do you need to take in order to actually do a proper shoot yeah uh, shooting in shooting wildlife in protected areas is very tricky okay in india you need to get a series of uh, permission letters and this and that which uh, <clears throat> which is quite tricky meaning like they won't give permission to everyone it's just that you have to be a very reliable person and even if you do then it gets very expensive to shoot because yeah. it's it's all governed by the central government right so it's yeah. it's a tedious process but the fun thing is in india we have a lot of wildlife around us you know yeah. just which are not bound inside the national park so yeah if you really want to tell an intriguing story you can you can you just have to find your subject you just have to find what is interesting about it what interests you and and tell the story yeah so the entire wolf film is 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 outside national park you know it's all in human habitat so we didn't yeah so we did take permission because we are doing a serious film we took the permission from the forest department but it is outside the national park it's 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 in in villages and between agricultural fields and yeah i have watched the film and i cannot tell that it's in purely human habitat area it's it's it, it just doesn't come through at all <laughs> yeah so um so where do you actually stay when you need to film this i mean i know that you can't really talk too much about exact locations but what sort of places do you stay at uh logistically speaking is where my question is coming from yeah see like like say in the, for example bandipur you have permission to go into the forest in the morning at 6 so 6 o'clock you can enter the forest so which means you don't want to waste any time so it's better you find a place right outside the national park you know so you can rent out stuff uh, in the nearby villages and you know things like that so instead of traveling every day uh, though like mysore from bandipur is just 60 80 kilometers you can't do that on an everyday basis so you have to like start living in another place that is extremely close to uh, yeah. the forest and uh, wolf we started we were camping in the open that was oh wow great fun yeah it was great fun we just had te- no we had tents and how many of you were on the crew for wolf the, the crew was uh, we were we were about 10 of us i think okay and uh, yeah it was about 10 of us i think and all these local uh, shikaris were our guides it was great fun with them because uh, they knew nothing but kannada and i knew nothing but english and tamil at that time so i had to learn kannada you know because i had to converse with them and and by the end of that project i was i was talking proper north karnataka kannada and i was like very proud because many people didn't realize i was i was not a kannadiga yeah so, yeah. yeah apart from that it was great fun because we were just camping in the open because that's how they all they all kind of live and yeah. we were we were following the nomadic tribe you know for thousands of years they've been like nomads they've been uh roaming the south central plains of yeah. india 
and we were trying to follow them we were trying to film them at the same time we were trying to film the wolves yeah and so we had to be mobile also and uh, so it took us a long time for us to like zero down on one location where we said okay fine the, we 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 can find wolves here more regularly than other places and so and and during the daytime we'd just be walking 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 in that like super hot uh places like the heat was unbearable but we would just be walking searching for the wolves you know somebody spotted them we'd spot them like kilometers away yeah. it's really really difficult to shoot in the beginning and in the night we just come and crash you know and and in the desert weather is i mean that 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 condition is just so nice like during the day it will be super super hot and in the night it will be super cold the temperature just drop like that will all be like sleeping like that in the open in the morning you'll get up and see you'll see paw marks all around your oh wow yeah and like for the longest time we were refusing to believe like at least a week or so we like these they, these have you no know, this has to be a dog can't be they because they were big big uh they were they, they weren't uh, foxes or jackals which were also there yeah. and this was too big to be a fox or a jackal and it was is a similar size of a dog but we there were no dogs around and then like later we realized they were actually wolves because we put up tra- camera traps and everything because we were getting really curious and these wolves were evading us all during the day and then in the night they were <laughs> just coming around and checking us out you know what are these guys up to who are these guys why are they in the middle of nowhere are they do they have anything to eat because we were carrying some food like we had to carry some ration right so they were they were very curious about all that yeah good fun <laughs> so yeah, uh, yeah. accommodation yeah <laughs> yeah the accommodation where you are surrounded by wolves <laughs> yeah good fun great fun so so on the wolves documentary it was a crew of 10 which is a a fairly sizable crew um but i i but i i assume that you have also shot some films where you were the you were the entire team almost so i was kind of getting closer to my dream which is uh doing camera work yeah. and and being in the field you know so i started off as photographer and then slowly became editor and then edited for a proper wildlife documentary then then senani and kripa understood that i want to be in the field you know yeah. so when we did wolf i got a lot of opportunity to shoot yeah uh, for the film and and that was really thrilling i i was i was really really living my life there okay so and senani is the primary cameraman and i would any opportunity i got i would grab the camera and go and shoot something yeah. and <clears throat> so once that project was over they they realized that i needed some amount of real training you know in the field so we so we got this offer to do short documentaries small documentaries for the forest department mm-hmm. uh, in order to talk about what an ecosystem is or you know uh what 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 is a forest and this this was supposed to be for the forest department which ultimately would go for school kids you know and to get at least few of them interested in conservation uh, even filmmaking anything to do with wildlife or the environment you know so this was our hidden agenda but the purpose of the project was to make short films to give to the forest department which will ultimately go to students yeah so that senani and kripa thought was a great opportunity for me to be in the forest completely by myself yeah and shoot roam around where i wanted to without any agendas and i mean of course the film was there at the back of the head but you know without the burden of finishing a project or an assignment yeah you get what i'm saying so like absolutely just a shoot for a story that you are going to say and 
and there is no pressure and that opportunity was awesome for me and i lived there almost for 2 years uh, in bandipur and it was great i i really learned about the forest there you know though the earlier working in the fi- films editing watching all that it teaches you a lot but nothing like being in the forest you know you really you get to hear the sound calls and you start understanding the language of yeah. the forest yeah. and that was the most thrilling element for me from that project that i'm able to understand at least a little bit of the language you know yeah. including wind and everything so there's like the film that we are working on now trying to create all these you know the elements that you can you can feel and hear in the forest and we're trying our best to bring it in the film you know bring that aspect of being in the forest yeah and um so if you're if you were the only one doing the shoot in the forest um i assume you would also have uh, a really restricted equipment uh, inventory that you will carry in right so what sort of equipment do you use when you go out there alone we we have one camera one lens one tripod that's always fixed to the back of the gypsy Okay. And, and two batteries and and we still use the old camera so we 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 have the tape system so a couple okay. of tapes and okay. yeah one microphone so that, that's all <laughs> so we don't so so that yeah because being in the forest you're already uh, you know so your mind is already trying to digest so much information that's that you can pick up with your ears and your eyes and sometimes even with your nose because like yeah. say you're following the tiger and the tiger is sprayed somewhere marking and your your nose might pick it up when you're just passing by it you know? and then yeah. you pick it up and then you come back and then you say okay how fresh is it if it's too fresh then you start looking around for other signs you start here you know waiting to hear some alarm calls then go and transport the tiger if it's old then you know okay okay fine you know we have to keep a track on this patch maybe it will come again then you try to you know analyze how often it comes through this or like how many tigers are there it's it's fun it's a lot of fun so your mind is already doing all this yeah and you don't want i mean at least i don't want to break my head over what equipment what else can i carry how else do i shoot this so yeah. this is this is how i approach absolutely so this is the way i like to approach because i like how i was taught whatever thought by kripal sanani so do you think um someone who's looking to get into wildlife filmmaking can make that their full time career wildlife filmmaking or even wildlife photography also so wildlife photography i'm not sure how okay. how feasible it is as a career option okay uh unless you manage to tap the uh you know a particular niche in the market mm. but filmmaking yes i think okay. i think i think it is definitely a career option but provided you put in a lot of your time and effort into yeah. it and and more than anything you have to be passionate about it if you if you're not passionate about it it is not a money making uh career you know yeah, yeah. you like it it's it's a way of life so you yeah. want to live that way then you have, you just have to do whatever it takes to live that way you know what i mean and money will come along if you are looking for that so let me ask you one thing about uh since you said wildlife photography may not be a uh, may not be able to transform into a full time career right um what are the general avenues where people can sell their can you sell your services as a wildlife photographer or do you sell your photographs after you have shot it see yeah uh, if if you get let's let's for example say if you become a national geographic photographer you know for the magazine or something yeah. you go on assignments then yes definitely there is uh, a great opening for you but if you are a freelancer then the danger is that a few of your photographs might get sold not mm-hmm. not 
on a regular basis so you will be ending up doing other photo shoots fashion or like you know in a product anything it can be anything provided okay. you are again passionate about photography in general wildlife photography the danger in that is it is uh, one you can't be too specific you can't say that i will shoot tigers i want to be a tiger specialist or like a leopard or big cat for example or this yeah. or elephants or anything like that because most of these big wildlife you find only in in you know protected areas yeah uh so to go there to to travel there you know it's all it's all expensive at the end of the day you can't just say i'm going to go shoot tiger and come back most yeah. of the time a lot of lot of people go into the forest uh, twice thrice uh, in a day or i mean in, in in a day or two and they don't find anything and they get frustrated and they come back and every time for them to go in and come out it 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 costs a lot of money Yeah. you know i mean so you have to really become good with your photography skill as such yeah. and you have to be a really really you have to have really good eyes and of course you have to spend a lot of your time shooting uh, a lot of other wildlife photographs and mm. try and get assignments you know yeah not not necessarily for national geography get assignments your local magazine get assignments so that you know your basic expenditure is taken care of and at the end of the day you do give a good product to them so you 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 develop a rapport with yeah. the magazine or you know stuff like that or you you have a lot of money then yeah go ahead shoot as much as you want and then you know you put up exhibition and you know sure. people people might buy it uh, even if they buy four five photographs that's a great uh, uh thing for you and then yeah. it'll encourage you to do more you know yeah, yeah. Uh, and and so, maybe you can tie up with scientists researchers on on what they are doing research about and then shoot for them uh yeah you know so it'll also be helpful for them and then you'll also get a lot of experience in shooting wildlife lighting up if say they're doing some research on insects or snakes or something then you know how to shoot them then you learn how to shoot light up for that or or you want to shoot with natural lighting then you you learn a lot the basic thing is there is in india at least we don't have some 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 school or something where you can go and learn everything come out the next day you're a professional yeah like any art field even even architecture what you're doing you, you learn every day you know absolutely yeah yeah when it comes to this it's no different you, you you'll learn you'll face new challenges every day you'll be, you'll be facing new obstacles every day and you just have to keep going over them and learning the more you learn the better you are and probably more questions you'll have and the humble you'll become yeah yeah and um so once you actually decide your uh you're getting into let's say wildlife filmmaking um what are the different ways that you can um either sell your films or sell the services of making the films for people as commissioned projects you need to have a very basic story and then you go and pitch it okay uh to commissioners and who will look at you and say if you have good experience then they might commission it otherwise they might not they will say you need well more experience basically they put putting in money and they want to make sure that you can deliver the product sure so for that they want you to have a good profile you to for you to have many films or like one or two really big films yeah. in your pocket to, you know to gain their trust for that you need somebody like them to <laughs> produce it and for them to produce it they need two three films with you you know what i mean yeah. sir got it so yeah. the next best option is find your own way to produce the film or yeah. you can you can do half the film you put in heart your heart and soul and and get like really really interesting footage yeah that's another way to you get like this just go out there forget about money forget about the project just put your heart and soul get amazing footage 
that nobody has ever seen or like commissioners are really interested in okay and use that message and build your story around it okay and get the commissioners interested in that or the third option is just you finish your film and then sell it to somebody yeah so i i feel the third option is to finish make your own film the way you want to tell the story however you want it which whatever shot you want and then try and sell the film which is high risk uh, if if you pumping in a lot of money from your pocket there is a big chance that nobody might buy it or it you you might be able to sell it and that is essentially um, self production right self production yeah yeah no so now that we have talked about wildlife photography wildlife filmmaking um you're you're also entering uh, feature films right yeah so uh, so i find this a little amusing you know um you're a guy from madras uh, and you grew up speaking tamil and english and now you're making your entry into kannada films <laughs> do you uh, so you obviously like you said you picked up the language while you have been working in karnataka right um do you feel your uh, your language skills are good enough uh, while you while you work with people in kannada all the time yeah yeah see that's what uh, picking up the local language is very important you know yeah. because the minute you speak the local language they look at you differently they treat, treat you differently and they're more welcoming of course i mean uh, but unless you're like some you know from uh, you're a white and you just can't speak anything and you look at everything and you're like wow what's that now then they yeah. might find you amusing but not for long so yeah it is definitely an advantage if you pick up the local language and yeah. that has definitely helped me work in this kannada feature film that we are working on it's just that when i shifted to uh karnataka made a few friends who were who were in theater and then they were also very interested they were getting into feature films they were they, they were all aspiring actors and directors all uh you know they were just full of energy and uh, we struck a chord and we were like we and and i was talking to them about films and they were talking back in film language and we were just like we were just telling each other you know we should get together make a film and then yeah. it just ended up that like a like few of us some three four of us got together we started making these short films just for experimental sake no just like understanding and for fun we like every time i was in mysore we would make these short films for 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 nothing you know yeah. we would just take one handicam and go and chuma just shoot and i was trying to teach them whatever i was learning and you know they were they were they were also coming up with these stories and me and sanani all of us would sit and we we would discuss each even the stupidest of the stories if one of us came up with we would discuss that in great detail on like how it could be improved or how it could be treated so it, the the it was really interesting because like we only spoke about films or wildlife or films <laughs> or wildlife so <laughs> the days were packed and the learning was just going on and and then it turned out that one of the boy came came up with one basic story idea and then i really loved it sanani loved it and me sanani uh sat that boy down and then three of us just wrote down the script you know we wrote the, wrote the story and we said here we can have a commercial song here we can have the interval block and Yeah, there needs to be an up and down and this and that and this can be the climax and everything and it was me and sanani were thrilled because it was the first time i think we both were working on a feature film script you know like a proper commercial film though they've done a lot of other uh, documentaries and uh, tele films and everything this is like a proper feature film so they were involved with uh, your feature film as well sanani yeah Yeah, yeah, cool. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. That that's a great thing about him because if it comes when it comes to learning, he'll he'll never uh, shy away from it, you know. Or like something new, he he loves it. So three of us sat down and we wrote down wrote down the whole script. And I was like 
like i can't write kannada but i can't read and write kannada but i can speak and understand so i was like dictating dialogues and all that like one day i was, I was laughing and sanani was telling me do you realize you're giving out dialogues for a kannada feature film and you're a bloody tamilian <laughs> i was like yeah i mean what is the world come to but no it is it it was great it was great fun and i was only supposed to do the camera work okay and it just and that was the deal i said i want to do camera work for the film uh, yeah. because i was enjoying the process so much and luckily the, they did not manage to find an editor so i i they asked me if i can edit i said yeah yeah great good fun i don't mind editing so i started editing Yeah. and as we started shooting because as part of the process continuously part of the process i started directing it also okay and it was great fun like me and this other boy we both were directing the film and yeah you know it took a lot of difficult calls uh, it yeah. it is it's we've been doing it for quite some time now but i think it's 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 a great film because yeah. one because i'm very curious to know what the audience reaction will be or more most importantly what a critics reaction is to the this particular film because it's not a regular kannada film it and it's not an art film either it's just um, a very low budget uh, you know feel good happy go lucky film which i never thought i was capable of doing and i and we've done it now the film is in di stage so hopefully with all this covid thing next year it might get released you're a wildlife filmmaker um you have collaborated with other wildlife filmmakers and now you guys are making a feature film um how different is your approach from working on a wildlife uh, documentary to now working on a commercial feature film it has to be different it is very different because it uh, unlike wildlife this is control condition Um, yeah. you, you can cut and retake all that was interesting in the beginning you know so uh, <clears throat> it is very different but i think many people found my approach to filming this different yeah. for me it was it was like i was very comfortable i'm very comfortable with uh, tele lenses okay. so the way i saw the film the the you know the, how i was imagining the film previsualizing the film i was trying to bring that out and i knew what lens to use for that so yeah. because the thought process is different visually for me and i think the rest of the people uh, because they expect commercial film to look a certain way and i was treating it another way mm. i think i think that made the difference i think that gave it a, a i don't know if i can say that about my own work but i feel it gave it a bit of charm though there were a lot of mistakes that you don't usually find in commercial films you know yeah. but those mistakes also look you know kind of gave it a, a, a feel you know what i mean it gave it a different a personal touch to it to the visuals yeah. so yeah it was it was very different in certain ways but i was very comfortable doing that uh, and plus we were we were we were a bunch of friends we were doing the film uh, yeah. we had a producer but we put in our heart and soul uh, we took the project very seriously but but you know we we knew we were having fun but yeah. and we were very happy that we got a producer who was allowing us to have fun and and he he trusted us that we would give a good product a different product you know yeah so yeah it, it was great it was good fun i think that's pretty great to hear i'm now looking forward to looking at uh, to watching your new documentary uh, film that's coming out and also the feature film as well yeah yeah even me <laughs> i want the critic reaction and i want to know where the documentary gets sold to yeah <laughs> yeah so we'll keep our fingers crossed and uh, wait for 2021 then <laughs> yeah maybe jo thank you for taking the time to uh, do this interview it was 
it was so much fun talking to you earlier and i think a lot of new things came up uh, in the interview now so um, thank you very much yeah thank you to watch this and other episodes of the show please subscribe to shrinag pictures on youtube or you can listen to the audio podcast by subscribing to everything comes together on apple podcasts google podcasts spotify or on the podcast app of your choice the music for the show was composed by ashray harishankar from escapist music post production by tiruvikraman shrinivasaragavan of sns arts development consultancy and production assistance by abdul jilani you can reach me on instagram at shrinag or from my website www.shrinagpictures.com i'll be back in 2 weeks with another fascinating guests who work in photography architecture or design until we meet again it's goodbye from mylapore